Wake up. Wake up. Get up. Yo, how y'all doing? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're ready to get out there and get shit done. Yeah. so forth and I just really didn't feel up to it and I was about to be like you know what I'm not doing it today but after I wrestled with myself a little bit and I was like damn there are people that are look there are actually people that are looking forward to this so give the people what they want more fire <laughs> So, yeah, man, your boy DeVille D.I. is in here. Man, I know I haven't done, and I said I was um, put bringing it into the Advice for Gym Noobs series, but I have some actual expert amateur advice for all my gym noobs out there. Now, look, as I told y'all, I had been doing the 30 days train like a ball player, and it's been going pretty good. I'm like, what, seven, let me look at my calendar, like seven days in now, and a friend of mine decided that he wanted to get in on some training, so we've been working out this week, we worked out two days this week, so far we worked out together, so he hits me up yesterday, and he's like, hey, uh, what time are you coming, we going, because you know, I pick him up, we ride to the gym together, gym's like down the street from his house. So it's like, yeah, I'm coming through. Got off. I pick him up now. <laughs> he comes to the door. <laughs> he comes to the door with a, with a blunt in his hand. And I can smell the beer on his breath. So I'm like, hmm, may not be the best day for you to be smoking blunts and drinking beer. We're going to the gym now. I could look at him and I could tell. I, I, could, I could see that he was not. You know, he was not inebriated to the point where he was going to be a danger to himself. So I was like, screw it. We're going to do this. I'm here now. We get to the gym and um, start off with some cardio. We get on the roll machine. We hit rolls for like five minutes. And I look over. I'm keeping my eye on him. And he's like, you know, he's doing his thing, taking his time with it. I was like, hey, you did better on that roll machine than... I thought you would because, see, yesterday, I planned on giving him the full-fledged uh, DeVille DI workout. I took it easy on him the first day because, you know, it was his first day in the gym in years. So, I, I decided yesterday, I was like, okay, today, we're going to get it in because I didn't really feel like I got my full workout in the first day we worked out together. So, I was like, today, we're going to get it in for real. But I was surprised that he was able to uh, keep up with the roll machine and hit those five minutes. But he did pace himself and took his time. So then, you know, we went over to, and we're going to do this combination that I like to do where you get down on your knees and, you know, you get dumbbells 
and you do a curl into a shoulder press. So we start doing this. I show them how what we're gonna be doing, and we start doing this, and we hit that first set. And um, after that first set, he's like, "Hey, uh, I think I made a bad decision." <laughs> I'm like, "What you mean, bro?" What I did before I came to the gym, I think I made a bad decision because now, you know, that high and that alcohol in the system is hitting him and he's in there exerting himself. And I, I knew it was going to hit him like that, but it was like, you know, you're a grown man. You knew you knew what we had going on. You knew better coming here like this. So that high and that alcohol was hitting him <laughs> first set. But he manned up and he and he pushed through that. And push through most of the workout at the end the end session when we we're doing our cardio he tapped out on me on that i told him if he taps out on me again he's gonna have to go sit up front where the kids sit and play on the wi-fi and i'll tell the gym to play daddy shark for him so um you know we'll see if he taps out today because i cut my i cut the workout a little bit short you know so he wouldn't just be sitting around looking goofy but yeah, definitely don't plan on doing that too many days in a row. You feel me? So if he taps that on me again, he's going to go sit down where the kids hang out at. You know, we're going to get them play Baby Shark, Daddy Shark, whatever it's called. We're going to have to get them some theme music playing because we're not going to deal with none of that tapping out. No, we're not. Now, I, I want to talk about uh briefly lebron james in the i promise school apparently this i promise school is doing very well it's doing better bro but i'm just dumb mumbling this whatever it's doing very well compared to the other schools in the district uh the test scores are high the test scores are up and these kids are doing great they're excelling at the school which shows a point to where kids are underprivileged families while they are able to excel and succeed in those high pressure environments you know with the um you know in the, in the inner city schools and so on and so forth and in the, the rural area schools but once they're placed in a facility with the and given the resources you know what i mean to make education easier it's amazing to see how much more they are excelling now like to see the growth and the progress of what they're doing man and and it's like i gotta give a shout out to that boy lebron james i know it's probably no way in hell that lebron will ever hear this show but still man i gotta give him big ups because that's major you ha you see so many people that talk about the problems that we have in society the problems we have with education the problems we have with policing and so on and so forth but you see very few people actually stepping up to the plate and doing something to try to rectify these situations try to better these situations so when you have a man like lebron who steps up and, and does the due diligence to put something in place like this man we gotta salute these people we gotta honor these people just like um just like the the brother uh nipsey hustle who everybody like now that he's gone his record sales are through the roof his the sales of his store going through the roof you know everybody wants to jump in and support now and that's great that's great but 
we got to make sure that we support these people right now while they're still out here making these moves and while they're out here writing history. We got brothers like David Banner, who's got a major move going on. We've got people like Killer Mike who have major moves going on. Even T.I. is out here doing some things. There's a hell of people out here who are doing things to try to change the communities and the environments that we live in. And we can't wait till these people get taken away from us to give them their respect, to give them their roses. You know what I mean? It's 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 so much we can it's so much we can actually accomplish if we bond together and, and you know get ourselves focused and no i'm not an activist at all but you know i do come from an urban environment i come from a rough environment you know i come from a, a lifestyle where we did not always have the best of things or the the um live on the high end of the hog but so i relate to you know these people and these situations that are going on and you know the the, the attitude that you yeah, something needs to be done and we are the people that need to do it. We can't sit around and wait for the state or the uh, the city, the state, or the federal government to step in and assist us. We need to do it ourselves, especially being that we have so many people of influence and so many people with, with the actual resources to start to make changes. And you don't have to be LeBron James to make, Jane, uh, make uh, changes in your community. Just make sure that you're spending your money in your, in your community and make sure that when you decide to uh, open up your business, open up your shop, there's nothing wrong with putting that shop in your community. And even if you don't put that shop in your community, you can do some, you know, some, some give backs. You can give some uh, uh, support back to the community which you came from. A lot of people tend to forget that struggle and who they were before the success. I know a lot of people out there right now that I deal with, that I hang with, who, if you listen to them talk, if you hear, hear if you hear them talk, you never know that they are from the places and the environments that they're actually from, because they push it to the background and they act like they're just so great and that they did everything on their own, but. That's enough about that, man. We're going to keep the show moving, but first, we're going to take a short break on the podcast episode that almost didn't happen. I want to take a second out to talk to my podcast and my fellow podcasters, the Brotherhood of the Podcast. Um, You ever think about who's listening? <laughs> not who's listening in the sense of whether or not somebody's actually going to listen to your episodes. But who are the people that actually listen to your episodes? I think about that a lot because I've noticed since I've been podcasting, you know, just different things like follows on Twitter. You know, when, you know, people with verified accounts start to follow you. I've actually had a professional athlete follow me on Twitter. And it's like, dang, well, how did you find me? What made, what made you follow me? You must have been listening to the show. But... Do you ever think about the people that you know who may or may not be listening to your show? That's something that always kind of creeped me out. And it, it made me hesitant to actually dive into that uh, source of audience that's available to me. You know, letting people that I know 
know that I do a podcast because it was like, dang, I felt like that kind of put a, can put a leash on you in certain situations, man, because it kind of takes away from your freedom and what you can talk about because sometimes you have to pump your brakes because you don't want certain people to think or feel like you're talking about them. You know what I mean? But that's when you need to be taking that comparison, like that boy fried Oreo say, and not, you know, trying to trying to look into it and, and say, hey, hey, this guy's talking about me. I know y'all are probably like, damn, you mentioned the fried Oreo a decent amount of times. Like, because I like his show. You know what I mean? That's part of what I was just talking about, man. Giving people their flowers while they can smell them. Like Noriega says on the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The uh, Drink Champs. And I have to give the brother props, man. I listen to his show every day. And he has some great points and some great viewpoints on there. But I digress. We're talking about who listens to your show. Yeah, so I always felt like that kind of put a a leash on you on you know what you can say because like i've had several episodes that i recorded and then i listen back to them i think about what i said and i'm like nah not gonna publish that not for the sake of not because i'm worried about what people think but you know just to try to conserve certain relationships you don't want to just be throwing every anything and everything that you think about out there and telling certain stories you know, because a lot, I ain't going to say a large amount, but partial, I guess a pretty decent amount of my show is me telling stories and my experiences, you know, with them growing up the Ville and then even with the hearts of men, all of that is based on my experiences and then definitely in my daily show, there are things in there that I talk about, I often talk about conversations that I had that the day before. Or, you know, just things I've been thinking or people that I encountered in the day leading up to me recording that show. And sometimes I scrap them, not because I'm actually worried about what people think, but I guess to kind of try to conserve or to help people not get in their feelings about the things that I'm saying. Because, you know, how you say something and it doesn't relate, you know, it may relate to a person, a specific person and what they do or what they've said and but you're not necessarily talking about that person you're just using that situation as an as an example but you know people hear you say certain things and just swear up and down that they were the topic of your conversation so to try to avoid that i just you know it it is i kind of do put a little safety net on myself and be like no i'm not gonna talk about that and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Because we do have certain relationships that we need to preserve. And then we do at the same time want to, most podcasters, well, I ain't going to say most. I, as a podcaster, do want to bring a sense of uh, transparency to my podcast and a sense of relatability, you know, actually be genuine the person that i am so in hopes that you guys can relate to the things that i'm talking about hmm i digress i like saying i digress i digress yeah you gotta say it like you're one of those guys in the um in the movies in one of those cold dark dc villain movies 
I digress. Mm. <laughs> Either way, man, we, let's let's keep the show moving. Let's let's keep the show moving. So, in honor of the legacy of Nipsey Hussle, once again, I'm going to continue on with the seven money and ownership lessons by Nipsey Hussle. Uh, we're up to number five, and I'm you know so we'll be finishing this up when. Probably Monday, it looks like, yeah, Monday will I'll be dropping number seven. So today, number five, he speaks on breaking the chains on the supply chain from production to consumption. People take shots at Jay-Z, but he's the first black artist, artist to have a, a vertically integrated business model where he owns the, own cha- the whole chain. And what the brother is saying with that is that, you know, Jay... He puts the music together. He sells the music. He has the streaming platform for the music. He owns the company. He owns pretty much every aspect of the um, the creative from the creative process to the distribution of his product. And a lot of times, what we do when, like I said, sometimes we get so thirsty for success that we'll drink for everybody's cup is uh we'll look for those people to come out and give us that leg up that hand up and then write us a check that uh for us to record our our, our our content or for us to open that business or they'll write us a check for um the ability to distribute our product and, excuse me oh that's good but basically they're getting their hands in the pot and it's nothing wrong with letting people get their hands in a pot as long as you own the majority of what's in the pot. You can't let an outside entity, an outside force come in and go into the pot and give them the majority of what's in the pot. And that's what a lot of us are doing by giving up the rights to our content, by giving up, by, um, you know, letting people buy into our businesses, by um, instead of selling our, our, our ideas letting companies that we work for use our ideas and basically market them as their ideas and we're just a part of the creative process and not a part of the ownership process of the um of the products or the the services that we are creating and that's something that we need to stop as a people and i'm not only talking to people of color i'm talking to people period you need to stop creating things and letting other people step in and take the larger chunk of the ideas that you came up with, of the in, inventions and innovations that you set back and you designed and you mastered yourself. And then you let Dick from accounting come in and take over the whole freaking thing because Dick had the bag. Dick, bag. I'm going too far. But you get to just what I'm, the gist of what I'm saying. We got to stop doing that. We we got to take control of it for ourselves. We got to hang on to the majority of it for ourselves because we're supposed to be hustling for our last name, not our first name. We're supposed to be leaving a legacy, and that's what Nipsey was talking about. That's why where the name Marathon comes in. A marathon is the long race. It's the long game. It's not a sprint. We're not trying to get this done quick. We're going to get it done eventually. We're going to take our time to get it done. 
but we're going to get it done right. Take this information, do with it whatever you will, but remember to be the reason somebody's motivated or emasivated. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. Get you a good breakfast because you're going to need it. Why? Because we out here getting shit done. Remember, dreamers dream, creators create. Huh. That's my daughter's theme right there. Dreamers dream, we create. Take that information, do with it what you will. I said that, though, already, didn't I? Do me a big favor and have an amazing day. Deville D.I. Thoughts about Deville D.I. I'm out of here. Peace, man. I love each and every one of y'all that take the time to tune into this show. And I hope that you all appreciated the episode that almost didn't happen.